4: Welcome to Nothing Impossible on St. Louis's News Radio KMOX. Welcome to Nothing Impossible, and welcome to St. Louis Startup Week. Michael Calhoun with you, and out in the field is our own Travis Sheridan. Hey, Travis.
0: Hey, how's it going this week?
4: Going well. A big week is is just ahead for us. But before we get into uh, STL Startup Week, I want to talk with you about you know we did a show from your container house innovation in building materials in St. Louis. And now you've done something with the exterior. What what has changed about the container house in Old North?
0: So a container house, I guess, wasn't enough to be creative and innovative in the neighborhood. We put a giant mural on the side, actually uh, commissioned an artist uh, from where I used to live, Fresno, California. And he came out and put a beautiful uh, mural that... Um, the, the design brief was that we wanted it to be uh, feminine, uh, focusing on the creation and uplifting and renewal of the neighborhood, and then also incorporate monarch butterflies uh, for our listeners. They may not know, but St. Louis is an important stop in the uh, migratory path of monarchs as they go down to Mexico, uh, and specifically in the Old North area, there's a number of monarch butterflies um in fact, there's neighbors that have been tracking the the pattern, the migratory patterns of Monarch. So we wanted to honor that part of the neighborhood as well.
4: Wow. So how would you uh, describe, since it's radio, kind of paint a little bit of a picture sure. on the side of the stack of these shipping containers that were painted gray originally? What does the mural look like now?
0: Right. So uh, the, the containers are three. It's three containers high. So it's about 30 feet tall and about 40 feet wide. Uh, it's got a beautiful woman's face. Uh, uh, coming out of a flower so she was, uh, she's embodied as a, a flower uh, with some uh, beautiful green foliage and then uh, in her hands she is crafting or creating monarch butterflies. Uh, so there's a number of these butterflies that are painted on the sides of the building as well as this uh, beautiful radiant flower.
4: Wow, so if you go to uh, Crown Candy or any of the businesses on the 14th Street Mall uh, you can't miss it.
0: You can't miss it. If you look to the south, you'll see the arch, a beautiful piece of public art. And if you look to the north, you'll see the mural, a beautiful piece of public art.
4: Yeah, you've got that view of the arch from your porch, enjoying your morning That's coffee. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty great. All right, so STL Startup Week. This is huge, but Arch grants, of course, million dollars is huge. They do that all the time and they just did it on Friday.
0: Yeah, what I what I love about Startup Week this week, and, and you know, startup weeks happen all around the country, but this is the first time that St. Louis has really Concentrated and built out its own startup week, and it really kicked off on Friday with the Arch Grant Gala, where they not only announced the 20 new companies uh, that were each receiving fifty thousand dollars of. Uh, it wasn't investment; uh, we call it. It's called non-dilutive capital, which means they uh, it's they don't take any any stake in the company. Arch Grants does it doesn't. Uh, so, 20 companies got fifty thousand dollars, but they also announced that they're going to. Award another five companies specifically in the geospatial uh, uh, industry. Which Michael, we've talked about quite a bit. There's a lot going on with the new NGA uh, building being built, and of course the folks down at T-Rex, one of our incubators in town, have built their GeoSaurus, their their uh, geospatial incubator. So it's great to see Arch Grant really focusing on that. Thanks, Travis. No problem.
4: And let's move on here to J.P. Morgan Chase, a possible big pickup for St. Louis in terms of jobs. Chase says it's moving thousands of jobs out of New York, likely because of cost. At the same time, Sherwin-Williams says they might pick up and move from Cleveland. They're looking around. Steve Johnson, the CEO of the St. Louis Economic Development Alliance, joins us, and when these things pop up, what does St. Louis do?
5: So the alliance, we, we formed the alliance about six, seven months ago, and one of the first things we did was really gather together many of the economic development leaders to talk through how we all go about our business, how we come together as a region, because I think that's always been a challenge for St. Louis. You know, how do we show up in the marketplace as a single region because that's how the rest of the world looks at us. And one of the scenarios that we game-planned, if if you will, is kind of this what I just call open-source projects, these projects that get floated out there in the public. Sometimes they're real, sometimes it's just... Pure speculation. But we've agreed among ourselves that, um, you know, we'll immediately form a, form a group, uh, an advisory group that really represents all the economic development professionals from within, you know, a, a, the footprint that makes sense for this kind of a project. And that we'll, we'll work to understand, what, like we always do, work to understand what the project is really all about. And then come together to uh, uh deliver a single proposal that Alliance STL will take the lead on um, preparing and submitting that proposal, but all in good, you know, partnership with all of our regional partners. So it's it's a it's a rare situation, it doesn't happen often. It puts um, you know kind of the public spotlight on this, um which can sometimes make it a difficult environment to work in, but this is the way we've kind of pledged to each other how we're going to uh, work together going forward.
4: And on this specific situation, is there anything you can say about what St. Louis is doing with J.P. Morgan Chase?
5: Sure. Um, first, I'll do the you know normal disclaimer. We never confirm or deny whether we're working with a company or not, but an opportunity like this actually is um, tailor-made for St. Louis. Um, that being said, I would you know people ask all the time you know what's your pitch on St. Louis and I always say it depends it depends on what the company needs what they look for we sometimes push back often push back um, when someone just asks us for a cold pitch saying you know I don't think we know enough so we work very hard to try to understand what the company is is looking for what their needs are you know how they will know two or three years hence if this was a successful move for them and until we know that sometimes push back on you know delivering just the elevator pitch.
4: Financial services is one of our industry clusters, so this would seem like it is a fit for St. Louis. Knowing what we do know
5: about this company, it is, it is a fit with St. Louis for many reasons. Part of it being that no matter what part of their business they may be thinking about moving out of New York, it would find a home in St. Louis because we have, and I think this makes us unique among many major metropolitan areas, we do have the whole financial system um, ecosystem, if you will we have you know the, the the established firms that have been here some for over a hundred years you know three of the ten largest investment advisory firms were I think the third most concentrated market for investment advisors behind new york and uh, and Boston so we have the you know, the established businesses on especially in the advisory front, such as the world that JP Morgan lives in. We have that here in States. We also have the technology for financial services. If you look at MasterCard, has their global operations and technology center, you know, based out in St. Charles, employs more than three thousand people. And then you have the, the startup community represented by six thirty and all the fintech startups that are finding a home in, in T Rex and other accelerators around, and then the crux of it, you know, just when you read the, the Bloomberg article, one of the things they're looking for, and it's increasingly hard to find in major metro, is, is the affordability that St. Louis offers, um, and I, I always encourage our team to answer the question, so what, um, so, so it's affordable, so I, so I ask the question, so what but What it means to the company, is that they can employ people who actually can't afford to own their own home. They can employ people who don't have to commute an hour to 90 minutes each way. And I think that just has a tremendous impact on the the stability and the viability and retention of a a qualified workforce. So, you know, I'm not saying what our pitch will be, but I would guess those are some of the components that – be a big part of it
4: and looking at this bloomberg article they list plano texas wilmington delaware columbus ohio as the potential landing spots for these thousands of jp morgan chase jobs those seem like traditional suburban office campus situations but St. Louis has 909 Chestnut, the AT&T Tower, a huge empty skyscraper in the middle of downtown that would provide the same opportunity, it seems, for the same kind of Wall Street urban feel that they have currently, but in a place where the employees can still live their lives and own homes, as you mentioned. Is that a part of this?
5: Yeah, well, I think you need to be part of our team because um, you just nailed a big part of it. And if you ever want to catch something... You know, on the, the upside of momentum and you look at the urban core and the, depends on whose numbers you look at, it, 8 to 10 billion dollars of investment going on along this Market Street corridor from Arch to Park, um all the indicators are going in the right direction.
4: J.P. Morgan Chase, will they land in St. Louis as they look to move thousands of jobs? Stay tuned. And stay tuned to Nothing Impossible. We'll go from big to small and check in on St. Louis Startup Week after this on KMOX. Welcome back to Nothing Impossible on St. Louis's news radio, KMOX. It's your chance to jump in feet first to the St. Louis startup scene. Welcome back, and let's bring in Phyllis Ellison, not only a vice president at Cortex, but the organizer of St. Louis Startup Week. Thanks for taking our call, Phyllis.
6: Thank you. Glad to be here.
4: And so, STL Startup Week, you know, if people listen to KMOX, Nothing Impossible, once a week, we talk about startups, technology, innovation, entrepreneurialism. But sometimes, Phyllis, it can be hard for folks who are not familiar with it to uh, figure out how to get involved. Where do I start? Where do I go to get more information? And it seems like this week is great for raising awareness.
6: That's exactly the reason that we're, we're putting this on. There are so many people that are trying to start businesses or trying to grow their existing business, and maybe they aren't aware of these fabulous resources that exist across the region.
4: It's a uh, jam-packed week of events, and it began on Friday with the big Arch Grants Gala. What's moving forward in the next few days that people might want to check out?
6: Uh, We start off on Monday morning with a kickoff event. We have the national director of the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office in town for a day, and so we're thrilled to have Director Yanku with us. Uh, That would be a great way to meet some additional people. We move right through the day. Um, the Ameren Accelerator Demo Day is in the afternoon. Um, the rest of the week is just packed. Every day has several different events. There's 40 different uh, events over the week. Um, plus, you can also get a chance to drop into some of the co-working spaces, the physical offices and labs and, and even professional kitchens that you can check out. So it's a, it's a really great way for people to just have a way to attend an open house, maybe check some things out. And you don't even have to make a phone call to arrange anything. Just show up and and explore some things that maybe you've been interested in.
4: And this is not just for folks who think, all right, startups, so it's, it's somebody programming an app on a computer. But you've got, uh, for instance, Tuesday, STL Foodworks has an open house. Those are startups people might not necessarily think of first, but they're still startups.
6: It's, exactly. And that's really another thing that we're showcasing this week is, yes, we've got high-tech apps. We've got, you know, wonderful uh, pharmaceutical discoveries and science discoveries, but there are things uh, that are part of our everyday community that those businesses are important and need to grow too. SCL Foodworks has just come onto the scene in the last couple months, and there's been a big need in the community for a professional kitchen that people can rent by the hour. So uh, this is a great way for someone that has been Building that food business, um, maybe in their home kitchen, maybe in uh, uh, you know their local school's kitchen or even maybe a, a church's kitchen, to move I- up another step in terms of their production capabilities.
4: We're talking with Phyllis Ellison, organizer of STL Startup Week this week. And also on Tuesday, uh, for folks who think, all right, so this is Cortex-centric, T-Rex is in there. Maybe we'll throw CreveCore and and 39 North in there as well. This stretches across the river to St. Charles. OPO Startups has a demo day for their startups on Wednesday, or rather Tuesday as well.
6: That is Tuesday evening, and that's a really fun event. This is the end of their business plan competition. And so their demo day is more of a Shark Tank style um, final pitch day. And there are investors as part of that judging panel. And they are actually giving their prizes and awards on the spot based on how that pitch goes that night. So it's a very fun evening um, that people, you're you're waiting to see who gets to, to win, but you don't have to wait till the end. You might, you know, hear someone shout out you know, some prize money or an investment right there during the middle of a pitch.
4: And then, Phyllis, tell us about Startup Connection, which is not new by any means. It's new to the, the, being part of a, a big week of celebration, STL Startup Week. But Startup Connection is where you can go. Seems like it's uh, that pitch competition on steroids. More than 60 startups who will be on display. <laughs>
6: It is. It's a, it, This has really been the anchor event for the end of the year for the St. Louis startup community for, for a decade now, but it continues to be such a vibrant and an inspirational evening, uh, just so much energy in one spot. Like you mentioned, we have 62 startups on display. You get a chance to walk up and talk to each of these entrepreneurs and learn about what they're doing and who they are. Additionally, we have one of the biggest resource fairs in the uh, in the community that night as well. So if you're looking to start a business or connect with your peers that run businesses, this is the place to come. There'll be over a thousand people there that night. It's from 4 30 to 8 o'clock. It's wide open. You just get a chance to talk and connect with people. And then at 8 15 we have an award ceremony that several of our sponsors give prizes and it's a wonderful way to celebrate the advances that these early stage companies are making. All of these companies, these 62, are just entering the marketplace. So this is a great place to come see what's going to be hot in the startup scene over the next couple of years.
4: And the startup scene itself, Phyllis, has been pretty hot. We just saw the report that said that startups were the industry that was generating the most new jobs in the state of Missouri, which means these are not just fun little companies to look at. They're really energizing the future of jobs in the state.
6: Uh, exactly. This is, uh, there's a great report. Um, a source link just published this. And for over the last five years, over 40,000 jobs a year, every year, are being created by the startups across Missouri. That's a big number. And if you take out those new jobs that are being created, Missouri would have actually had a decrease in overall jobs. In the, in the state. So this is an important part of our economy. Um, like you said, it's, it's not just kind of a, a fun sideshow to check out and an interesting thing. Um, this is really key to the growth of our, our of St. Louis and the entire state. And so we have to keep our focus on how do we get people off the sidelines? How do we get people with great ideas, building those ideas? And then uh, with companies that are that are small and starting out, how can all of us support that? Um, whether by buying local or um, maybe making a connection to someone who could be a new customer for, for a small company. All of those things are really critical. And hopefully one of these companies that we're seeing this week uh, will, or hopefully more than one of them, will become the next big employer in St. Louis. And you look at companies like Worldwide Technologies, um, gosh, even Boeing, you think back to McDonnell Douglas days. All of those companies started out as something small, and we need to figure out how to continue to support all of these companies um, from the food-based businesses to the high-tech. Uh, they're, starting, they're building jobs for our region and actually attracting more mm-hmm. jobs here as well.
4: Phyllis Ellison, organizer of St. Louis Startup Week. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. And for more information, go to stlewisstartupweek.com. You can click on the schedule and find out all the details there. Welcome back to Nothing Impossible on St. Louis's News Radio, KMOX. All right, welcome back. And we just heard all about STL Startup Week from Phyllis Ellison at Cortex, but you know what kicked it off? What started the whole celebration that continues through Friday? The Arch Grants Gala on Friday night. And that's where they announced a million dollars of new funding, new grants going out to startups, some in St. Louis, some moving to St. Louis. And joining us to help us sort it all out is Emily Lowe's Bush, the executive director of Arch Grants. Thank you so much, Emily. Of course. Thanks for having me. All right. So first of all, how many, how many cohorts is this now uh, for Arch Grants? How much money have you given away so far?
7: Yeah, so this brings us to 8.2 million dollars total over the last. This will be starting our eighth year.
4: Wow! And remind us when this began and uh, what Arch Grants is. This is not investments where these companies have to give up a stake in order to get this funding, um, and then also, you know, what it does to to draw these companies to St. Louis from elsewhere.
7: Sure. Yeah. So we were we were started in 2011. Our first cohort came in in 2012. And what we do is we run a global startup competition where we get applications from, at this point, all 50 states and over 40 countries around the world for companies that want to come to St. Louis or stay in St. Louis and start and grow their companies here. Um, the, the $8.2 million that I just mentioned is um, divided among $50,000 grants. So we do $50,000 non-dilutive grants to about 20 companies every year, um, At this point but as i announced at our gala on friday starting next year we're actually going to increase that by 25 percent and go to 25 a year
4: wow and that's due to some new funding that you've been able to secure from the federal government uh
7: yeah so the so the increase in grants is is partially because i mean because that allows us to to do more with um with what we're doing with our companies the additional funding for the grants actually came through a partnership with some with some local supporters who were really looking at um, how do we continue to build momentum and grow this this geospatial cluster that's continuing to grow in St. Louis and um, for us we've always been industry agnostic in how we have thought about the companies that we fund because at our core we're an economic development vehicle right we we exist to build companies in St. Louis. So I should have mentioned earlier that $50,000 non-dilutive grant, all that we ask in return of our companies is that they locate their businesses in St. Louis for a period of at least one year. Um, But um, yeah, so with these five additional grants, we are going to remain industry agnostic with our core 20 and then try something where we pilot what it would look like to fund five geospatial grants every year, in addition to those twenty for geospatial companies that are going to want to be relocating or staying in St. Louis to grow.
4: Okay, so yeah, that focus on geospatial is new because thinking back over the, the past Arch Grants winners, uh, it ranges everything from media to consumer products to uh, obviously our industry clusters here like fintech and agtech and sports. And uh, but this this focus on uh, geospatial for at least a subset of the winners is new, but it ties into what we've been hearing about as uh, location services and mapping could be a huge industry for St. Louis in the future.
7: Exactly. And actually, what you said is is it's just a continuation of that. We've always been focused on funding companies that make sense to be in St. Louis. So clusters that we have here, which has been ag tech, fintech, bio, um, uh, those types of things in the past. And we're going to continue to do that. Let me. I don't, I want to be clear on that is that that core 20 grants that we do every year, a million dollars is going to remain industry agnostic. Um, this subset of the additional five and is, is going to be focused on geospatial because we see potential as a growing cluster and a growing industry here for companies to want to come. So we've always been well aware of the fact that, that $50,000 in and of itself is not gonna be enough and shouldn't be enough to bring a company to St. Louis. It has to make sense for that company to be here. And so we always look at what makes sense, and then how can we use our arch grants to help? Kind of, um, in some cases, be the tipping point if a company's thinking about coming or thinking about leaving, but is willing to consider staying. Um, a lot of times, that arch grant gives us a year to prove to them that St. Louis has what they need to grow and scale as a company.
4: And as you mentioned that, uh, let's get into some of these companies. Uh... I'll let you start off. Which are the ones that uh, stand out to you first? And these are, there are some from St. Louis. I see a St. Charles and Eureka. So the Metro area, but also yep. North Carolina to Chicago to Uruguay. So who stands yep. out to you?
7: Yeah. Um, and yeah, we're actually exactly 50, 50 this year, 10 companies that are what we call a tracks coming to St. Louis and 10 that are um, being retained in St. Louis. And um, I mean, it's, Ah, that's like asking me to pick my favorite child. <laughs> I love them. I mean, these companies are incredible. What it's funny because as we were looking through them, what's what's really wonderful is this year is actually um, we don't have a lot of pure other than Edos, Edison um, agrosciences. We don't have a lot of pure bioscience um, companies. But what we have is, and partial and part of that is is strategic because for a lot of bioscience companies, um, fifty thousand dollars is is really hard case for them to make that's going to move the needle. Um, But what we have is because of the bioscience and bio cluster in St. Louis, you have a lot of companies within the Arch Grants cohort that are wraparound companies. So um, from Boston, we have a company called Loro that does assistive uh, technology, assistive devices for People who are um, physically impaired, and that's because of around the the um, obviously BJC and the incredible med uh, medical and healthcare system we have here. You have a lot of rehab as well. Similarly, um, we have Key to Enable that's coming here uh, from Miami, and actually originally from Brazil. Um, that does uh, similar devices for people who have severe motor disabilities and allows them to interact with tablets and smartphones. So things like that are really exciting for us to see, that it doesn't have to be a pure um, situation where somebody's developing a drug or developing something that it's really hard to say that $50,000 is really going to make a difference, but it makes a lot of sense when you're talking about some of these products that are um, on on the periphery. and similarly with, with, your, with the company from Uruguay that you mentioned, um, that's a really fun company that they are. This is their second startup. They are looking to expand into the U.S. and to make the U.S. their headquarters because this is where their primary po- client population is. Um, and they picked St. Louis because of, because of what we do here. So um, we're seeing a lot more of that. Applications went up by 20 percent this year. Um, and we're continuing to see more and more people who want to come to St. Louis and see our trance as one way to get them here.
4: Yeah, that's a big component of this is even if a company that you bring here fails, you have brought the talent who started that company. And you mentioned one of these, it's their second startup. Uh, and so, mm-hmm. you know, these entrepreneurs are real driven. And so you just bring them to St. Louis and see what they do, regardless of whether that's this first company is successful or not.
7: Absolutely, and that's part of what this the growing ecosystem brings. And this is why things like St. Louis Startup Week and things like that are so exciting. Is that absolutely, if if a founder is either they they exit a company or they the company fails, which it does all the time, and as we all know um, in this sector, um, it's right. It's it's either that they start their next company here, or that they they have been involved enough in the ecosystem that they take a job as a COO or a CEO of another growing startup. There has to be a lot of options for people who want to take this path, and that's what we're creating. I mean, even in the three years that I've been here and in this role, I've seen so much growth in that area, and um, and so much more connection between the more established business community and the startup ecosystem, which I think. Just continues to feed that excitement and that energy.
4: And Emily, as I look through this list of startups, you mentioned Key to Enable, um, and that's mm-hmm. one of them. I see EdTech multiple times on this list. It stands mm-hmm. for Education Technology. And I feel like, you know, there may not be an investment or accelerator firm yet in St. Louis for that industry, but Venture Cafe has a regularly scheduled gathering now where people get together and talk about edtech innovations that they're working on uh, do you see edtech as potentially an industry cluster in the future for st louis
7: oh absolutely i mean and it's it's interesting because a lot of these clusters even when you think of geospatial is what we realize and part of the reason that we were so excited about this is that the way that geospatial is being defined in st louis is locational mapping sensors those types of things tracking it's all um it's It's all tech that most of our phones and most of the apps on our phones are using. We looked at our past recipients, our past companies and um, and saw that over twenty thirty percent of them were already considered in that geospatial space so and, and the reason I bring that up in, in regard to your question is that I feel similarly for EdTech is that some of these clusters are both vertical and then they also can be horizontal where they under um, they're the underpinnings for a lot of different industries. So you can have edtech in as key to enable is um, more of the, the um, rehab and assistive technology space. You could have edtech tech um, where you think about a company like Rossi, uh which is an arts grant company from, I believe, 2017 that is very much in the STEM and steam realm um, for elementary school kids. So that's, those types of things are, are, Really exciting and really span a number of industries.
4: Emily Lowe's Bush from Arch Grants. Uh, last question: $8 million plus given away so far. You just had the Gay Law, which is a, a perfect opportunity to talk about where that funding comes from. And it's from St. Louisans like Bob Chapman at Barry Waymiller. And you've been honoring folks, uh, you know, going back to the, the CEO of uh, Centene or the former CEO of Scottrade. Trade. And so talk about how Arch Grants is supported in the St. Louis community and how people can get involved with
7: this. Absolutely. I, exactly. What you said is, is 100% true. It is that we are still, even with this incredible federal funding, still 80 to 90 percent funded by this community. And that is something that is so powerful for the founders who come to St. Louis to understand. It's why we have the gala that we have, why we celebrate it in such a big way, because we want to make sure that people understand that if you start a company and you grow a company in St. Louis, this city, this region is going to be here and we've got your backs. And the fact that, um, 90% of our support comes from corporations and individuals in this community is something that most of these entrepreneurs have never heard of happening before. It's completely tax deductible. We're a 501c3. Um, So you can definitely get involved that way. And then in addition to that, we're actually going to be making a very concerted effort in the next couple of years. And this goes to our federal grant to get more involved with the community, get more support for our entrepreneurs, get more, um, very um, uh, specialized judges into the pool to help us evaluate these companies. So there's there's so many ways to get involved. I would just suggest that you reach out um, either to me or just through our info line. There's there's only five of us. It will not go into a black hole. Um, and 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 get involved. We would love the whole region to be a part of this movement.
4: If they would like to either give money or get money from Arch Grants, where do people go to to get more information? And when is your next? cohort should people start getting their applications ready now
7: um yes so um the you can go to archgrants.org a-r-c-h-g-r-a-n-t-s.org um to get involved to um find out more about applying our next uh, competition will open on february 1st 2020 and um but we will start our outreach and getting the word out starting as as early as December and January. So um, absolutely, people should start thinking about their applications. Um, and um, and I do want to reiterate that 50% of the companies that we fund are already in St. Louis. So this is not just companies from outside coming in. So absolutely, we love, we love our St. Louis startups and want to make sure we're supporting them as well.
4: Emily Lowe's Bush, Executive Director of Arch Grants. Thank you so much for your time today.
7: Thank you. All right. Have a good startup week. And coming up next,
4: we'll talk about how downtown is changing due to the MLS stadium as we continue on Nothing Impossible on KMOX. Welcome back to Nothing Impossible on St. Louis's news radio, KMOX. One thing that's definitely going to transform St. Louis, especially the downtown area, which is our front door to the region, is the forthcoming Major League Soccer Stadium, which we're learning more about. And it's not just going to be a field with seats around it or even just a stadium. A whole district is planned from the team headquarters being downtown, practice fields, and eventually they'd like a, a whole district around this. Uh, our Kevin Killeen talked about it with some of the principals including the architect with HOK about how this is this is going to transform that downtown west area right smack dab really in the middle of our innovation districts from NGA to the north T-Rex and square in the middle of downtown St. Louis and then to the west in midtown central west end you've got the Cortex innovation community and so many of the entrepreneurs who come here we just heard from Arch Grants about they're attracting more and they always seem to gravitate toward the downtown area because maybe they're coming from chicago or seattle or maybe that's where the resources are from t-rex and cortex and the like so this is going to have a big impact on the quality of life and what it's like to be in downtown st louis for these firms for these companies for these people who are moving here and let's bring you kevin's conversation about exactly how different it's going to be
3: we're talking with Eli Hoisington and Lee Broughton. And Eli is with HOK, the architectural firm renowned for, among other things, the Planetarium. Is it true that they designed that the night before by turning a fruit bowl upside down?
1: You know, there's lots of lots of myths about Gio. I'm sure that that may have been one of them. Um, well, next time I see, you know, he's still around. Uh, I'll have to give him a question and see if that's true. And Lee <laughs> is
3: with MLS for the Lou. Lee. How unusual, how different is this soccer stadium and practice field design compared to other around the world? We think
2: it's really unusual. Um, In what way? Well, we are super excited about its urban setting in the heart of downtown St. Louis. Mm -hmm. It will be right next door to Union Station, which we know is just opening up its ferris wheel the aquarium's coming so So you can see a shark and take in a soccer game exactly yeah in fact the sharks if they exist can play us if they're feeling lucky (laughs) but um then you've got the 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 opportunity of it really feeling like it's a part of the neighborhood there's a natural topography in the site area Mm -hmm that we're really taking advantage of. So we're gonna push our bowl deep down into the ground and and feel like on all sides of the stadium, you're coming in at your seat level. Yeah, well, well,
3: since men first came out of caves and wanted to throw rocks around, there's always been a stadium. The Greeks, the Romans. How do you make this stadium different?
1: Well, it's interesting because it's both uh, referential to that. It's both like old and so new at the same time. So it's going to be a machine, it's going to be the most modern and contemporary machine. So you're going to have all of the trappings of, you're going to have great food. You're going to have amazing technology. Mm -hmm. You're going to have all the access to things. Your your phone is going to be able to do all the things you want it to, and you're going to link to the team and its app. So that's going to be amazing. I'm sorry to hear that. I was hoping that there would be no phone experience. (laughs) You just have to stay in the moment. But here's the thing. The fans want that now. But but it's going to be both because in the moment you talk about this. Lee just talked about the idea that you come in and you walk down. Mm -hmm. That kind of spirit of a a classic stadium and how you watch sport absolutely happens here. It's
3: It's a square-shaped open-air stadium open over the field with coverage over where the fans sit, right? Correct, yeah. And this, the season runs from the spring through the fall. Yeah. What's the weather going to be like? Is this fan-friendly to be out in the open? Okay.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, if you, if you imagine a stadium that is taking advantage of um, some of the natural breezes that we'll have, we've got a quite a porous idea for a stadium that can lock in the noise and the uh, acoustics but at the same time, allow breezes to kind of pass through. And, and speaking of breezes, how many
3: diaper changing tables will there be? <laughs> that's a great question. I mean, a lady at the office wanted to know. No, that's that. a
1: wonderful question. So um, I would say that we have to start thinking about that pretty seriously as we move out of
3: because the because this, is, uh, you know, it's not just the men anymore. Okay. There no, has to be soccer,
2: children, soccer, women. Soccer is um, a the demographics of soccer is amazing compared to the other sports. And we will be looking after practically 50% of our fan base, yeah. which are women. So,
3: And the other, I understand part of it is uh, they're called the St. Louis Hooligans. And they like to stand
1: a lot. Will there be an area where you can just stand and not yeah, have to sit? Yeah. We do. We have, we're going to have a standing, safe standing area in the stadium for the supporters. Um, so that's absolutely the case. Parking. This is going to be
3: a very dense area now. You've got the revitalized Union Station. Yep. Uh, this and everything going on in downtown West. Where, where do you park when you go to this? Yeah, so we've done rigorous studies on that.
2: Um, There's ample parking in play uh, already for many, many fans. And then for those that that need a little bit of extra, we are incorporating parking into our design functions that will at least sit underneath the training
3: fields. Mm -hmm. Oh, so you slide your car right under the training field. Yes, you do. Slide it under the training field. Gonna, somebody said, "Is this square because it was sponsored by the tech company Square?"
1: It actually is. Go ahead, Leo. Let you fill this
2: one. Uh, if you know something that we don't, we're gladly open for business. <laughs> oh, so they haven't sponsored yet. Not yet. Yeah. Are you working on that? Um, I would love
3: to work on that. I mean, you could say, "Look, we've got the shape ready to go for you." Jack, are you listening? <laughs> Last question, Lee, if, they build, if you build it, they will come. But how confident are you that St. Louis can buy into soccer?
2: We, we are America's first soccer capital. So uh, we have a deep sense of this sport, possibly more than any other city in America. And the wins are at the back of the game uh, mm-hmm. in many ways in this country. The wins are at the back of the game. Yes. What
3: does that mean? I like it. It
2: that. means that, that there could, will that not, could be a
3: Hallmark card. Right.
2: It won't be any handballing, but there will be a lot, of, um, a lot of activity that will make itself incredibly relevant that goes on right now in St. Louis. I mean, there's more kids playing soccer in St. Louis than there probably is in any other sport. People are going to embrace this.
3: Embrace it. Eli Hoisington and Lee Broughton, thank you for being on KMOX. Thank
1: you. Thank you.
4: Thank you to Kevin for that interview, and thank you for joining us on this journey through innovation in St. Louis this week. Check out St. Louis Startup Week over the next five days, and we'll talk to you again next Sunday.
1: Tune In is the
0: audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at
2: four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet!